you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. everybody it's monday november 6th 2023 welcome to the nfl fantasy football show it's me your man mg marcus grant joined by michael f florio coming up on the show today we got our biggest takeaways from week nine plus we're breaking down all the top performances and biggest disappointments from the weekend so it seems like we were here this last week and we said the same thing and i'm gonna say it again injuries suck man and they are they are really changing the landscape of both the NFL and fantasy right now. Yeah. And for all the whole like running quarterbacks are the ones that get hurt. A whole bunch of pocket passers are just getting taken out weekly. It, it has taken what has been, you know, look, I still love fantasy. It's a fun game, but it definitely makes it a lot less fun when all the players that we want to see out there are just not out there. I'm looking and it seems like every quarterback that has had a season ending injury I have had on a roster somewhere. Uh, I have one. I have one roster that has lost Aaron Rodgers, Anthony Richardson and Kirk Cousins. All in the Ooh, same year. That is, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, it's it's pretty. Although weirdly, that team is uh, six and two with a chance to go seven and two. <laughs> so go figure. I have no idea how it's happening, but it's sort of it's sort of working out. Uh, we do have our big takeaways, of course, from week nine, our top performers and our waiver wire targets, which are going to be very important because as we get into the fantasy headlines, as we do this time every day on the show. Uh, A lot of interesting and important injuries have happened. The big one coming out of New York, Daniel Jones has torn his ACL. He is going to miss the remainder of the 2023 season. You combine that with Tyrod Taylor, who's on injured reserve. And Tommy DeVito is the man of the hour for the Giants at quarterback. So, look, we're not starting Tommy DeVito. We're not going to pretend that, you know, I'm not going to try to pretzel myself and make you think this is a, a viable start for you. The question is, though, are we done with the Giants pass catchers? And, and what does this mean for Saquon? Yeah, we're done with the Giants pass catchers. Like <laughs> coming into the year, it was Darren Waller or, or Buster. I thought Jalen Hyatt had some upside, but that's gone now with Tommy DeVito as quarterback. And even Darren Waller, like we have three more weeks where we know he is not playing. You can go and throw him on your IR spot. If you don't have an IR spot, you can seriously consider 
cutting him this week. Saquon, I said last week on the show, I think is now is the time to sell Saquon. The schedule gets a little bit tougher. Like, he had a good game, but it, it was against the Raiders, not the usual Saquon kind of game. And how many scoring opportunities is he going to get with DeVito? How many loaded boxes is he going to see with DeVito? I, I'm very, very concerned about Saquon the rest of the way. Hey, yeah, Saquon's going to see like nine men in the box <laughs> every time he lines up there because I, there's zero belief that Tommy DeVito is going to beat you with his arm. The Giants are in a bad way offensively. I suspect they may go out and try and sign a free agent quarterback. Uh, look, man, Josh Dobbs is off the market. We saw what he did yesterday. So uh, good luck with that. But Carson Wentz. <laughs> Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. He can finish his, his well, he's still got Dallas, but he's he's trying to make that trip around the Just NFC make, North make the East. whole NFC East uh, loop if he can. Uh, yeah, it's, it's bad news for the Giants, and we are pretty much done. Jalen Hyatt, Wandale Robinson, all of them. I think you can, you can pretty much let go of them at this point now. Uh, staying in the NFC East. Dallas Goddard fractured his forearm in the win over the Cowboys on Sunday. He's expected to have surgery. Will miss approximately four weeks. Uh, look, I, I learned this morning when I went and looked that Albert Okuyebunam is actually on the Eagles roster. I somehow missed that. Uh, there's nobody that they're going to get uh, for the tight end position to fill in there. So uh, closer to uh, us in Los Angeles, the Chargers, who do play on Monday Night Football, they have placed wide receiver Josh Palmer on injured reserve. So, Mike Williams is gone for the year. Josh Palmer is on injured reserve. Is this finally it for Quentin Johnston to do things? I hope so. I really, like, I have Quentin Johnston on a number of rosters, and I only played him in one place this week because I was pretty desperate, but that's just because of the Jets. Like, they allow 16 fantasy points per game to, to wide receivers. Every other team is 21 or better, so they are by far the hardest matchup. They also have two elite corners that play out wide, and that's where Quentin Johnson primarily lines up. But after the Jets... I'm in on Quentin Johnson because who else is going to catch the ball there? Like the top targets are going to be Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen, but they need their first round rookie to step up. He's coming off of his best game of the year where they finally were like, hey, we're going to throw you some short passes and let you run after the catch and not expect you to be Mike Williams 2.0, which I think he was miscasted as. But yeah, check your waiver wire right now before that game starts even because if he's out there, you could grab him. Which is really funny because a couple of weeks ago, I think we were all like, well, it's probably time to move on from Quentin Johnson. He's not <laughs> Getting any targets. Josh Palmer's the guy, blah, blah, blah. Now Josh Palmer goes down, and suddenly it's like, all right, well, maybe Quentin Johnson, this is your opportunity to go out and make some plays. Uh, I know there were questions about his hands and whether or not he can consistently catch the football. Uh, he's going to get that opportunity to find out really, really soon. All right. In Minnesota, while they were riding the high of Josh Dobbs coming in, literally coming off the street and not even having a practice with the team and coming in and winning the game. I don't know if you saw the video of him working out the cadence with the offensive lineman, like no. on the sideline. No. Uh, he's, he said, he's like, I didn't know any of these guys' names. I didn't know the cadences. I didn't know anything. And so like during a period when the defense is on the field, you see... Josh Dobbs lined up with the center and a couple of the offensive linemen, and they are telling him what the snap cadence is because he hasn't been there long enough that to learn awesome. it. And somehow he uh, came from behind to beat the uh, Atlanta Falcons there. I, uh, I, yeah. I love the idea of him like completing a pass and then being like, oh, by the way, I'm Josh. Like, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> hey, Mike, Josh, nice to meet you. Um, so that was the high there for Minnesota, but the low comes in the backfield where Cam Akers suffered an injury. In fact, as we were sitting here and uh, recording this show, uh, it was confirmed that uh, it is a torn Achilles for Cam Akers. 
Uh, so another one. I mean, he had one a couple of years ago, tried to come back at the end of the season. Didn't really look great. Seemed like maybe he was starting to find a role there in Minnesota, but now his season is over and you do have to sort of worry what that means long term uh, for his overall career. But in the short term, for the rest of this season, does this mean we can go back to trusting Alexander Madison? As like a safe floor RB2, sure. Someone who, if you're like, I want 10 to 12 fantasy points, I just don't think the upside is all that much higher than that. Like, the Vikings have two rushing touchdowns this season. They are Cam Akers and Josh Dobbs, like two players who weren't on this team coming into the season. Uh, Madison, I know, had the receiving touchdown yesterday, his second one of the year. Your his only chance I think of ever cracking fifteen is with a touchdown, and they're going to be few and far between. I I've never been the biggest Alexander Madison fan, but if you have him, sure he's a reliable RB two moving forward. I, would I mean say. I think that's sort of it. I mean we saw at the beginning of the year how inefficient he was. The Vikings struggling to run the football. The upside now is that volume comes back his way. It was something that was starting to go away with Akers passing him on the depth chart. But uh, now he gets a ton of volume, whether or not he's going to be more efficient and effective. I'm skeptical considering the way the season started. But uh, as you mentioned, I think RB2 probably on the lower end of that scale is probably where he slots in the rest of the year. Time now to look back upon Sunday and talk about the things that we learned from watching the NFL this week. And uh, one thing you learned is that, man, there's a lot to be excited about in Houston. Yeah, with the Texans passing game, I understand that there's going to be volatility. The rookie quarterback, all of your top wide receivers are very, very young. It's just a young team. But the highs are worth the volatility here. Like CJ Stroud yesterday threw for 470 yards. No rookie quarterback had ever thrown for 440. No rookie quarterback had ever thrown for 400 yards and four touchdowns in a game. He threw for 470 and five. First time ever that three different players had over a hundred receiving yards. So I understand maybe you don't want to play Tank Dell each and every week, but he is definitely in play in the right matchup. So is Noah Brown. I think Nico Collins were at the point where you just start him every week. You start Dalton Schultz every week. And I'm even getting to the point where I think like, yeah, CJ Stroud, you just start him. The floor might be like 14, 15 fantasy points, but the upside, he is the only quarterback this year with a 40 point game. Like the upside is so high. He's cracked 24 different times this year. I think you just deal with the low weeks and you, you ride with your Texans. For me, the Vikings offense might still be usable in fantasy. And that's different than where we were this time a week ago. This time last week, Kirk Cousins was out for the season with a torn Achilles. We didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, we knew Jaron Hall was likely going to get the start in the short term. but We didn't know what this meant for TJ Hawkinson, for Jordan Addison, for all those guys around him. And look, based on what we saw for about three quarters yesterday, there's still hope. Now, granted, the ceiling is going to be lower with Josh Dobbs, but we saw what Dobbs was able to do with Marquise Brown and, you know, Zach Ertz and Trey McBride in Arizona. I think you can have confidence that he can get the ball to his playmakers. So, yes, you're not going to have as high a ceiling for Addison and Hawkinson as you did when Kirk Cousins was there. But you don't have to worry that you know they're going to be completely useless for you either. So there is some hope. We didn't have that a week ago. Thank you, Josh Dobbs. Uh, you know, all it took was you being a rocket scientist to uh, make this happen. But we certainly appreciate it. And uh, it's good to know that our Vikings are not completely off the table for the rest of the year. Uh, another team that wears purple and has been doing big things. But uh, you think it's time maybe to maybe move on from a guy? I think right now is the optimal time to sell high on Gus Edwards in fantasy football. I, I understand he's given you at least 17 fantasy points in three straight games. 
He has six rushing touchdowns in those span, five in his last two games combined. He does. He has one game this year with over 70 rushing yards, and he is not top seven fantasy points in a game without a touchdown. But what worries me even more is he played just 19% of the snaps this past week and was third on the Ravens in carries. Keaton Mitchell seems like he is becoming something that is going to remain involved. They never fully get away from Justice Hill. So as good as Gus Edwards has been lately, I think that's why you sell high now because I don't think he's going to, maybe he could be this year's Jamal Williams and just score touchdowns at an insane rate and their offense is good enough where maybe he can be that. I would play it safer and try to get someone that's a little bit more reliable and not part of a three back committee. Yeah. See, that's the thing is that they talked about trying to get Mitchell more involved for the last couple of weeks. Obviously it happened in a big way on Sunday, but you look at it. Mitchell has 138 rushing yards. Gus Edwards has two rushing touchdowns. Justice Hill played like 64% of the snaps. So there's nothing resembling clarity in this backfield. Uh, so it's, it's going to be really, really hard. But as you mentioned, I mean, Edwards is playing well, has the high touchdown upside. You could definitely get something back in return for him now, especially you know before this thing gets even more muddled and complicated uh, than it has been. For me, keep the faith with Tony Pollard. I get it. It has not been great. He has not scored a touchdown since week one. He had two touchdowns in the season opener, has not scored a touchdown since then. He's had fewer than 65 scrimmage yards in four of the last five games. He's had single-digit fantasy points in four of the last five games. But there are signs that are positive. He's still dominating the backfield snaps. He's still getting a decent target share, about four and a half, five targets per game for Tony Pollard. So the chance to catch the football is there. The next few weeks, things get a little bit better. Over the next couple of weeks, they've got the Giants. uh, They've got the Panthers. So there are going to be some good matchups coming up for Tony Pollard. I think at this point, what you spent on him in draft capital, it's hard to imagine you're going to get that return on investment. I mean, we were talking about him as a high second round, maybe even a late first round pick. I don't think that's going to you're not going to get that sort of uh, production from him this year. But I do think it can be better than what we have seen so far. So uh, I understand it's frustrating. I understand it's hard to get away from Pollard. Uh, You know, if you're still in it, keep the faith. I think Tony Paul is going to come around for you uh, very, very soon. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, talk about some top performers and some disappointments. I'm sure Tony Pollard was a disappointment for some of you. That and more coming up here on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Set your alarm. Sunday morning football is back for an encore in Frankfurt, Germany, exclusively on NFL Network. Watch with the world as the Colts face off against the Patriots. Rise, shine, and watch Sunday, November 12th at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network and streaming on NFL+. Time to look at the top performers from week nine. Of course, the Monday night game still to be played, but CJ Stroud, uh, we talked about that earlier, had himself a day, 470 passing yards, five touchdowns, 41.8 fantasy points. Rashad White, who very quietly has been moving up the ranks with his production, uh, nearly 28 fantasy points for him. He had a pair of rushing touchdowns, also four catches for 46 yards. Tank Dell, the big recipient there from C.J. Stroud, or one of them, I should say. Uh, Six catches, 114 yards, two touchdowns, nearly 30 fantasy points. Dalton Schultz, the other big recipient. Ten catches on 11 targets, 130 yards, and a touchdown. He had 27 points. Uh, Would have been bigger had he not lost a fumble. Young Way Koo, four field goals and a couple of PATs. That was good for 18. And the Colts defense, huge day, four sacks, three picks. Two pick sixes against Bryce Young, gave up 13 points. That was good for 26 fantasy points. So let's talk about some of the guys that were either on the list or just off the list. No surprise, Jonathan Taylor against a bad Colts run defense. That pretty much went the way we thought it would. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor. And to me, what stood out was the usage that he saw. 75% of the snaps, 18 carries to Zach Moss's seven. He ran 20 routes, had five targets. Zach Moss... Did not see a target in the backfield there. So 69 total yards and a touchdown for Jonathan Taylor. And I know some people, I mean, 17.9 fantasy points is a very strong day. Some people are still like, we haven't seen vintage Jonathan Taylor just yet. That is coming. And I think the fact that we've seen him fully like start to take over snaps the last couple of weeks and, and now the touches as well, heavily going his way, they are slowly but surely starting to get Jonathan Taylor back to the workload that we are accustomed to seeing with Jonathan Taylor. He is back to being a must start running back. Zach Moss, on the other hand, I don't know if we could keep starting him after this performance. You know, it's just it's weird because I really thought Zach Moss was going to have a good day. I thought both guys would have Same. a really good day. Um, maybe the tide is turning in favor of Jonathan Taylor. I don't know. Uh, Shane Steichen seemed to suggest that both guys are still going to get work. So uh, I'm not ready to completely tap out on Zach Moss, but the uh, you know the the alert, the antenna are up after uh, what we saw this past Sunday. Uh, Meanwhile, Rashad White, I mentioned he is very quietly uh, just moving on up because they are getting him much more involved in the passing game. Uh, The four catches for 46 yards, a big plus there. And that's sort of how it's gone because the Bucs have struggled to run the football consistently. So they're using the short passing game as an extension of that run game. But then... On Sunday, they were also able to run the football. 20 carries for 73 yards. I know the yards per carry average is eh, not all that great there, but the opportunity uh, was huge for Rashad White there. Give you almost 28 fantasy points. And, and this was a guy that I remember a couple weeks ago was asked what I want, Rashad White or James Cook. And my first instinct was, well, of course, James Cook. And then I started to dive into it. I was like, oh, this is a lot closer than I anticipated. And I think with what we saw from White the last couple of weeks versus what we're seeing from James Cook, um, I think I kind of want Rashad White at yeah. this point. I, I was very much so on James Cook and was off Rashad White early on in the year. But yeah, I think the two have certainly flipped. And there's no way I think right now you could take Cook over White. No, I mean, just just the way their respective teams are using them, it's hard to take Cook uh, over White. Meanwhile, Johan Dotson, as our friend Adam Rank calls him, uh, he's come to life lately. 
Yeah, he has eight or more targets in three straight games. He has a touchdown in two straight and has topped 16 fantasy points in each of his last two games. So someone that I thought coming into the year was a potential breakout candidate, really slow start, probably was dropped if you were the one that drafted him. Still available in just under half of NFL.com leagues. I don't love his matchup next week against the Seahawks. I think you, you could either bench him or pick him up, leave him on the bench, whatever you want to do there. But he is someone I want on my roster right now moving forward. I think the upside is very high. And with the commander's defense being what it is, they are always going to have to throw the ball. They are. Um, I have Jahan Dotson on a roster where I haven't really found a way to put him in the lineup. And I know that I'm going to put him in the lineup this week and he's going to go back to having like the 30 yards or whatever it is. But they're using him and that's that's kind of what's important there. Um, Josh Dobbs, who had himself a day, I mean, just came out of nowhere, uh, was forced into action after the injury to Jaron Hall. He suffered a concussion, is in the protocol. Then on top of it, Cam Akers, who was the emergency quarterback, goes down with a season ending Achilles injury. So it was up to Dobbs to finish the game. 158 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, also a rushing touchdown. Did have a couple of fumbles lost. Um, but overall, he had a very good day against a pretty good Falcons defense. But as I mentioned earlier in the show, what I really appreciate was the fact that he got the ball out to his playmakers. I mean, he barely knew any of their names, but he knew how to get the ball to TJ Hawkinson, to Jordan Addison, uh, you know, got Alexander Madison involved in the passing game as well. And that really, more than anything, is sort of what we want from the Vikings quarterback at this point. I don't think we're believing that Josh Dobbs is going to be a weekly start, but as long as he can keep all those other guys involved, that is maybe the most important part. Meanwhile, in Las Vegas, uh, after Josh McDaniels was fired, the, the thing that came to mind was uh, the, the song Yub Nub from the end of Return of the Jedi after the Death Star <laughs> blows up and all the Ewoks are celebrating. Like That's kind of what I imagine the Raiders locker room was like. Uh, I mean, after the game, you saw Max Crosby smoking cigars. Uh, but on the field, Josh Jacobs finally had a huge game. Yeah, the Raiders look like a team that has just been freed from something <laughs> that has clearly been holding them back. I mean, look, us Josh Jacobs fantasy managers, we've been in need. And all we needed was AOC to come out here and help a little of uh, us less fortunate people out. In AOC's two best games this year, uh, two games this year, I mean, Josh Jacobs has had his two best fantasy outputs of the year. 26 carries yesterday, 98 yards, two touchdowns. And I know game script was on their side and the schedule gets harder moving forward. But Josh Jacobs is getting so much volume now and he has a quarterback that will throw him the ball. We, we know that we saw that in O'Connell's first start. So I, I think, look. The schedule and stuff, I get it. Maybe you're not going to be able to get a whole, like, you're not trading Josh Jacobs, I would say, right now. But if you drafted him, this is probably the best you could feel about him all year. Yeah, it really is. Um, so Josh Jacobs got a whole lot of work, and he had a big game. We're still waiting for it to turn for Devontae Adams. Uh, he went a while before he finally got a target. Didn't really have a great game. So we'll see if maybe that starts to change in the very near future. Uh, meanwhile, Aaron Jones had one of his best games of the season. And this is a guy that a lot of fantasy managers have been struggling with, understandably, because it just hadn't really come together. It didn't help that Jordan Love hadn't been playing well, but Jones had been incredibly inefficient, wasn't getting a lot of work in the passing game. You wondered whether or not A.J. Dillon was going to pass him up on the depth chart. It just had been bad. But finally, the 73 rushing yards and a touchdown, four catches for 26 yards against the Rams. 
Uh, look, the uh, it was not a great game from either side offensively. It was kind of hard to watch in a lot of respects. But Aaron Jones finally coming through maybe gives you a little bit of faith. He's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna suddenly turn back into the Aaron Jones from the last couple of years. But maybe he's gonna be better than he has been. So that's uh, that's the positive from that one on Aaron Jones. Those are the guys we liked. How about the dis- disappointments for the week? Uh, who really broke your heart in week nine? The entire, the entire Seattle Seahawks offense. I mean, Geno Smith goes out. I know it's a hard matchup against the Ravens. 157 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet combined for 24 rushing yards. Uh, Tyler Lockett gave you single digits. DK Metcalf had one catch. Yeah, it was a 50-yarder, but he had one catch. JSN was the lone positive thing for the Seattle Seahawks. Kudos to the 5% of you that started him or whatever the number (laughs) is this week. This offense is simply just not what it used to be, and I did not think that the change of offensive coordinator would lead to it being as bad as it has been because they still have so much talent at all of these skill positions. Like, I don't want to say Geno Smith is, is cooked or anything like that, but he is clearly not the same guy that he was last year. That being said, they get the Washington Commanders next week. I'm giving uh, Geno Lockett and DK Metcalf another shot next week. But if they disappoint in that one, we need to have a very serious conversation about what to do with this offense moving yeah, forward. It's been, it's been really bad for Geno Smith so far this season, um, but I do think this is a week potentially for them to kind of turn things around. We'll see if they can get going, but it's been... Uh, very, very frustrating for those guys this year. Meanwhile, Devontae Adams, I mentioned it, I really didn't get a lot of targets. I thought for sure he was going to get the ball a lot. My bold prediction this week was that he was going to get at least 15, maybe even 20 targets. Uh, it was quite the opposite of that. He just had the seven targets, four catches for 34 yards. It didn't work out. Um, I, you know, I don't really know what to say about it other than he's Devontae Adams, so it's hard to you know, make a real case to put him on the bench, and you just hope that Aiden O'Connell figures out how to get him the football. That'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. Be sure to listen tomorrow for our pal Matt Okada's top waiver wire targets. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good and live well. We'll talk to you again real soon. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.